Well, good day and God bless. Uh, today, we are going to go ahead and take a look at Proverbs chapter 19. Today is the 19th of July. So I thought I would go ahead and take a moment here or a little bit of time here, whatever it takes to go ahead and go through chapter 19 of the book of Proverbs. So, as I always say, if you are in a position where you can do so, grab a Bible and follow along with me. I typically am uh, doing my teachings from the New King James Version of the Bible. But Proverbs chapter 19, verse 1 says, Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. You know, it's hard not to look at this and think about modern day society. Um, integrity seems to be out the window. Uh, walking in virtuous, you know, things of virtue, things that matter like honesty and loyalty and integrity and, you know, all those type of things um, seem to not matter too much today. And when you look at the second half of verse 1 here, Proverbs 19, it speaks of one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. I mean, we all understand what it means to be perverse in your lips, right? That means what you're speaking. You're speaking vile things and, uh, you know, and it, the Bible calls this type of person a fool here. And it's better to be poor and have integrity than to be like that. Many people seek to get rich today. And, you know, in our society, many people are getting rich because they have perverse lips. Um, it tends to be what people are listening to today. And that's why I say integrity is out the window in many cases in our society. But this is God's way. What we read about in the Bible is the way that God has designed for us to live. You know, Solomon, who wrote this, received his wisdom from God. And we can read this type of stuff. And that's why I kind of do this on the day of the date, like today is the 19th, and this is Proverbs chapter 19, because it really is something that you can read every day of the month and learn from and grow in knowledge in and have wisdom and have a life that's much better off for it because God's prescribed way of living is the right way. It's the way of righteousness. It's the way of goodness. Um, you get good things in life, the things that really matter. Um, so anyway, this is what this scripture is saying here. It's, it's better to, to be poor and have integrity than to be a person who's perverse in his lips, but is a fool, okay? So just know that in the world, you may be faced with situations and circumstances where you uh, may be tempted to do things that you, are, that you know are not integrable things, that are not upright things. And you may even be paid money to do those kind of things, but it's better to keep your integrity in the eyes of the Lord. Also, verse two says, also it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge and he who sins, or excuse me, and he sins who hastens with his feet. So this is speaking of 
to have knowledge, to know what you're getting into. Kind of like I was just saying, you know, someone, someone might be offering you money to do something that you know is not right to do, but you're going to go ahead and do it anyway. You're going to go ahead and sin anyway um, because you, you lack the knowledge of what is good uh, and what is right in the sight of God. So it's not good for a soul to be without knowledge. So in your innermost being, your mind, your will, your emotions, the things you're thinking about, right? The things you're contemplating. Um, you, you need to have a knowledge of what truth is and what integrity is and not just rush in and do things, you know? Th- that would be sin if you're hastening with your feet, you know? So verse three says, the foolishness of a man twists his way and his heart frets against the Lord. You see, uh, I'm thinking of a scripture right now in Proverbs, and I'm not, the, the address is not coming to me where it's at in Proverbs, but it says that foolishness is heart is, excuse me, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. You see, one thing about this fallen life that we live in, one thing is true, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And every child that is born is bent to do wrong, is bent to walk in foolishness. The problem is, though, is when you get older, if you haven't had that foolishness disciplined out of you, um, then that foolishness, like this verse is saying here, verse three, is going to be a catalyst in your life to twisting your way, making it easy for you to say, yeah, you know what, I'll cheat over here a little bit. I'll lie over here a little bit. I'll tell this little story over here, whatever the case may be. And what happens is, that's my phone going off, but uh, let me put it on silent here. Forgot to do that. But that may, what happens is um, you um, end up twisting your way, going in the wrong way, walking in a way that is not, you know, integrable and honest and upright. So you end up perverting your way in that, okay? And that, then your heart frets against the Lord. What happens is, is that the Lord is prodding you and poking you, maybe even through what you're hearing right now, the Lord is prodding you and poking you and saying, hey, this is right. This is the right way to live. This is the way I need to be. I need to be a person of integrity and honesty and loyalty and such. And, uh, you know, your heart's going to fret against the Lord because the Lord's constantly poking at you saying, hey, come on, you know what's right. Let's do what's right. Verse four says, wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. You know, that's an ill of our society today as well, as many people just want to go where the wealth is, go where the money is, hang around the people that have the money, be part of their posse or whatever you want to call it nowadays, right? And, um, and you know, to the flip side, people that don't have a lot of money, you know, end up being alone. Well, this isn't right. Just because it's written here, just because Solomon points it out here, hey, this is a fact of this life, it ain't right. It ain't right, right? A false witness, verse five, will not go unpunished. And he who speaks lies will not escape. So false witness, 
will not go unpunished and he who speaks lies will not escape. So who is that false witness? Well, it's that person that speaks lies, right? It's that person that um, doesn't want to tell the truth, doesn't want to walk in integrity, doesn't want to walk in uprightness. Um, they'd rather, you know, twist their way, use the foolishness that w- is within them, like we see here, that they never get corrected out of them, that they never repent of. And instead, they go ahead and become a false witness. They tell lies to, to get their way. But it all comes back on you. It's all going to come back. It's going to be found out, right? Many entreat the favor of nobility, verse 6 says, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. Many entreat the favor of nobility. Same thing with someone that wants to hang around the rich person. Someone wants to hang around the favorite the uh, famous person, right? Someone that wants to hang around that person that has some notoriety or whatever, and they want to, just so they can get something. Think about that. That's selfishness, trying to get what you want. That's not walking in integrity. Okay, I'm going to keep taking you back to verse one here, right? It's better to walk in integrity, okay? Yeah, people will try to buy you with their ways and the things they have and all that to get you to go in a certain direction or make certain choices in your life, but that's not the right way, okay? It's not the way of integrity. All the brothers of the poor, verse 7 says, hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him, okay? Same thing. Uh, a lot of times when you're reading the Proverbs, you can go from verse to verse and it's kind of changing the subject. But Solomon here in this chapter anyway, we're seeing is kind of sticking with the same theme. You know, people people want to be drawn to the rich, drawn to what's, you know, enticing to the eyes. And they want to stay away from, you know, the poor or whatever. But what the Bible's teaching us, hey, it's better to be poor if you're walking in integrity, Right. Verse eight says, he who, gets wis- he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. Think about that. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. In other words, you're taking care of what matters. That is who you are internally. Remember, the... Um, you know, the, the natural man, the, the, the men of this world, the people of this world look, tend to look upon the outward appearance. But God is looking at the heart. God is concerned with who you are internally. And when you're getting wisdom and you're getting knowledge and you're doing what's right, you're showing that you truly love your soul, who you are internally Right, And it says, he who keeps understanding will find good. In other words, you're thinking things out. You're not just hastening with your feet like we read about earlier and running into things. You're making sure that wisdom matters. You're making sure that proper knowledge matters. And you're making sure, above all, that integrity matters. Verse 9, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who speaks lies shall, shall perish. So it's just being pointed out here that it's going to catch up to you. Again, it's going to catch up to you, like I mentioned earlier. Um, luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princess. 
But you know what? Unfortunately, in our day and age, it seems to be that um, those that lack knowledge, those that lack integrity, those that lack wisdom, those that care, you know, that don't care, I should say, about righteousness and holiness and doing what's right and things like integrity, they're ruling over things. They're ruling our society. Everybody's paying attention to them. You know, everybody's paying attention to what that person tweets out or what they put on their Instagram page or whatever. You know, our society is today is is declining to the point where the ignorant people are the ones that are speaking the loudest and, and being heard. When I'm speaking of ignorant people, I'm talking about people that don't care about the things of God. Okay, I'm not talking about it in any other way, shape, or form. I'm talking about people that do not care about the things of God and the things that God wants us to walk in, like honesty and integrity and loyalty and things like that. Okay, It says in verse 11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. That makes me think of a fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control, right? having discretion, being slow to anger and overlooking a transgression, you know, and being willing to forgive, being a person of self-control, temperance in the way that we live our lives, okay? So do you see it as you read the Proverbs like this? Do you see how on a daily basis um, you can learn from it and grow from it and, you know, walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Verse 12 says, the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like the dew of, of the grass. So there are times when we're dealing with people, um, you know, and it's best just to be slow to anger and overlook a transgression like verse 11 says, um, because our society, and when I think of a king here, I can't help but think of, you know, our government, our form of government, but <laughs> sometimes today it's so sad to see how woeful our government is when it comes to dealing things in, a, in the right way, in a way of righteousness, okay? And, um, but we, we should have a government set up, especially from a law and order standpoint, where we deal with things, acts of foolishness where we deal with things that where people are destroying property or, you know, being a public nuisance or things like that, we should be quick to, to jump, to jump up on that from a law enforcement standpoint and take care of that and snuff it out. We should be like that roaring lying, that roaring lion when it comes to dealing with what is right, right? And dealing with what is wrong. Okay, a foolish son is the ruin of his father and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. You know, this now he's getting into some familial matters here, right? And, you know, when a child behaves like a fool and goes out and does things um, that are not wise, uh, things that don't show integrity, um, it's it, it ruins the father in a sense, right? It's like you know you feel you feel bad as a father. You say, why is my son choosing this way? I'd rather him not choose this way. I'd rather him not walk in this foolish manner. 
Okay. And then he goes on to talk about the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. And uh, that just speaks to some wives that are just constantly, uh, I don't want to use the wrong word here, but just constantly pestering, constantly complaining, you know, things like that. It's like a continual dripping. It's like, you know, just something that can become annoying. So what do we do about it? Well, what does a son do? A son walks in his integrity and, and does what's right. What does a wife do in this situation? She stops being that continual dripping, right? All of us, we can look at the scripture and every one of us can find something in here that, that kind of speaks to us directly and says, hey, look, this is for you, repent. Is this you? Do you behave this way? Repent. And that's the kind of God we serve, the kind of God we have, the God that wants us to repent and to turn unto him. And to, to not walk in foolish ways, but to walk in wise ways, to walk with knowledge. So, um, verse 14, houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Okay, so now that would be the opposite of that continual dripping wife, that contentious wife, right? A prudent wife from the Lord, right? And it says, he's just comparing it to here. He's saying houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. In other words, we there, there's things that you get in this life that just come from being in this life, living this life. And then there are things that um, come from the Lord. And it's a blessing to have a wife. You know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You find something good. And especially when that wife is a prudent wife, you know, um, looks forward to the future. That's what prudent means. You know, you look off into the future, you see danger coming, or you see a way that you can make things better. You know, what a blessing that is to a man to have that kind of wife. And again, we can find plenty of scriptures on what type of husband we should be as well, right? Laziness, verse 15, casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Okay, so that's just talking about this person that won't work, right? And, uh, you know, the New Testament says you don't work, you, you shouldn't eat either, okay? And unfortunately, we live in a society today where lazy people can um, eat, they can have nice clothes, they can have all that kind of stuff. Um, I got to respond to a text. I apologize here. I'm still a working man and I've got to respond to a text here real quick. And this is what happens when you decide to just go live instead of record things. Um, and because, and the main reason that I do it, to be honest with you, is I do not like editing. And whenever I record something, you know, I find something I want to edit out of it, like what I'm doing right now, right? But uh, but when I go live, I just like, oh, who cares? You know, I'm just going to do what I do and move on. And anyway, had to respond to that text here. He who keeps, let me see, what did I say here? Laziness casts one into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. Um, that's the way, you know, that's the way of the Bible. That's the way of the word of God. You know, when you're lazy, when you sit around, when you do nothing, you're going to lack. Even if you're not suffering hunger, you're going to lack. Um, and God wants, and that's part of integrity. 
getting up, going to work, doing things. That's part of integrity. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless in his ways will die. So he who keeps the commandments will keep his soul. Again, here we're talking about that inward, that inward part of you. And you're keeping the commandments of the Lord. You're doing what the Lord wants you to do. You're living in a way that he wants you to live, right? But if you're careless and you don't care about the commandments of the Lord and you don't care about what is right, it can kill you. I mean, it will kill your soul. It will separate you from God for eternity if you want to walk in the ways of sin. But you also, a lot of people end up, a lot of young men especially, end up dying doing foolish things, suffering physical death because they're not wise. They're not walking in integrity. They're not keeping the commandments of the Lord. They're not doing what is good and right. Okay, Verse 17, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So the Lord does care about the poor. We see in the New Testament that that's what we're supposed to do. We're to, we're to care about the poor, those that are truly poor indeed. And, you know, we can gain some wisdom even in the New Testament from when it talks about um, widows, for example. Um, it said there, there's certain regulations. You don't just give to any widow. You know, you don't just give to any poor person. Uh, you don't, That is, I shouldn't say to any poor person. You, you want to help those that are legitimately poor. But there may be people standing on the corner holding up signs saying, I'm a vet, I'm this, I'm that. And, you know, do some research, get some wisdom, get some knowledge before you just buy their drugs or buy their cigarettes or buy their beer. You know, uh, we've got to have wisdom. We've got to walk in the ways of wisdom. But God does care that we do take care of the poor. We do help the poor. And uh, he sees it and he rewards us for such a thing. He takes care of us as well. Chasten your son while there is hope, verse 18, and do not set your heart on his destruction. Um, Chasten your son while there is hope. That starts at a very, very young age. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The moment if you're a father and you're raising a son, the moment you see that foolish behavior, you've got to deal with it. And, and, you, know, and you don't spare for his crying. You know, he says, and, and do not set your heart on his destruction. You know, another version, I believe, says, unless I'm thinking of another scripture, and you can check me on this, but do not spare for his crying. Um, in other words, hey, you know, kids can put on a good show and, and, you know, act sorrowful just to avoid the discipline. But we need to step up and do what's right and discipline that child, child in accordance with the ways of the Lord. Uh, verse 19, a man of great wrath will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. So that person that is of great wrath, if that's their nature and they don't repent of it and they don't step up and do what's right, well, they're going to suffer punishment. Well, but the problem is, is they're going to suffer punishment time and time again. Even if you rescue them out of their punishment, let's say you go post bail for them out of jail or you pull them out of their situation, you're going to have to do it again. You're going to have to do it again because they're a person of great wrath. It's, their, it's the way they are. They won't repent. They won't change. There is an answer for that person. 
It's not hopeless for that person. And the answer is to repent, to come to Jesus, to be filled with the Spirit, to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, right? Temperance and self-control, self-control, right? Listen to the counsel, uh, verse 20, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Now, remember that Solomon wrote this to the young. He wrote this to his son, right? And a lot of this, you know, applies to the young, but it all applies, it applies to all of us here. But he says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. In other words, if, if you've got people in your life, you've got some form of wisdom around you. And let me tell you that you can find it in the scriptures if you have it nowhere else. You, you can find it in the scriptures for sure. And, and, and I shouldn't say if you can find it nowhere else because the scripture should be your number one priority as to where you're finding wisdom, uh, to where you're finding knowledge and such for life, okay? But when there's counsel around you, when there's people that are there that care about you to instruct you, don't be a fool and fight against it because it's going to benefit you later on in life in your latter days, okay? Verse 21, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Okay, so again, go back to the verse I just read. Um, Listen to counsel. Where should we get that counsel? It should be godly counsel. And if you go to a man for counsel, you go to some other woman, friend of yours for counsel, make sure it's godly counsel. Where can we find godly counsel? Never fails where we can find godly counsel. The word of God never fails. We can find it. There And that's the kind of counsel that will stand. Anybody can give counsel, you know, but what is their counsel based upon? What is the foundation of that counsel? It should be the word of God, because then that's what will stand. What is desired in a man is kindness, verse 22 says. And a poor man is better than a liar. So look at that. What is desired in a man is kindness. Everybody loves a kind man. Everybody loves a good man, you know, and a poor, that's what the Lord desires of us to be, right? That's a fruit of the Spirit as well, kindness, right? And a man and a poor man is better than a liar, right? So Solomon does a lot of comparisons like this. And here and in this chapter, we're seeing him use the word poor man a lot. But in other words, it's better to have nothing in this life than to be a lying man with everything. Someone that's just telling lies and always got a story to tell and, you know, hustling their way through life or whatever. It's better to be poor than to be that kind of fool, right? The fear of the Lord leads to life, verse 23. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We read that in another proverb, didn't we? Right? That's where it all starts, reverencing the Lord. And this leads to abundant life. Why? Because when you're um, reverencing the Lord, then you're desirous of keeping his commandments. And when you're keeping his commandments, you're going to, you're going to uh, abide in satisfaction as a result. Your soul is going to be satisfied. 
It says here, he will not be visited with evil. Evil. This speaks of being troubled inside. See, because we know that in the world we have tribulation. Jesus said it was so, right? But we can be of good cheer. We can have peace in our hearts, you know, and not be troubled on the inside, you know, and that's the kind of life that God has for you and I, right? Uh, Verse 24, lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and he will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. This just speaks of somebody that is woefully lazy. They're just not going to do anything. They're not going to change. They're just, you know, face down to the ground and, uh, you know, don't really care to do anything to get out of that pit. They're not going to make an effort. Like it says, you will, he will not so much as bring it to his, his, his mouth and again. In other words, he's not even going to make an effort to change his circumstances. Stances, excuse me. Strike a scoffer and a simple will become wary. Rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge, right? So sometimes people that are scoffers and they're simpletons, um, they may not care if you discipline them or you try to correct them or you try to get them on course. But, you know, a scoffer is worse than a simpleton, you know, and the simple man should become worried. He should learn, right, that, hey, see what happened to that scoffer? I'm not going to become like that. I'm not going to do that. Um, But it says on the flip side of that, he says, rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. There are those that, you know, have understanding. That, That would be the person that's seeking the way of the Lord, that's seeking the way of wisdom and understanding and such, right? That person's gonna say, oh, you know, I just got some rebuke and I'm going to learn from it. I got to realize that what I did was foolish. I, I, I slipped up there. I made a mistake and uh, someone corrected me on it. The Lord corrected me on it, whatever the case may be. And I'm going to gain some more knowledge here from it, right? He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shames, shame and brings reproach. Don't be that fool. Don't be that fool, son. Don't be that fool, daughter. Don't be that one that mistreats your father, chases away your mother. You don't really care about your father and mother. Maybe something in your life is more important to you at this point in time. Um, but you cause shame and you bring reproach and you're going to bring reproach upon yourself. It's not going to be well with you because you're not honoring your father and mother. Okay, cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. That's just Solomon telling his son here, pay attention. Come on, listen, I'm trying to give you wisdom, trying to pour something out to you. And that's what I'm telling you that the word of God does on a daily basis. That's why I encourage you to be in it, because God wants to pour knowledge into you. He wants to give you a hope and a future. He wants to give you the path of righteousness to walk on for his name's sake. Verse 28, a a disreputable witness scorns justice and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. So we're not to be either one of those things, right? A a bad witness, you know, um, where, 
we're going to, you see, justice matters. Justice keeps a society good. Justice keeps your, keeps things good with your soul. And justice is what should matter to us, but it's the Lord's justice. It's the Lord's judgment. It's the way he judges things. Not the way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. But no, what is good in the eyes of the Lord, okay? And we need to speak those things that are good, not speak wicked things, not get on board with the ways of wickedness and iniquity, okay? And eat up iniquity and eat up that, you know, make that part of our lives. We need to stand to what is right, what is holy, what is good. That's the word of God. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the back of fools. This is the way it goes. Look, we may, you, you may go through this life and you may be a scoffer and you may be a fool in the way that you live uh, and you're going to suffer reproach. It's going to happen. You may not get a physical beating on your back, but it's going to beat down your soul. And God who sees you, who is the father of all living, he, he, he's, he breathed into the nostrils of Adam and man became a living soul, right? That's what he cares about. He cares about who you are on the inside. As I've said a couple of times in this teaching here today, we need to look to what is right, to the ways of integrity, the ways of honesty, right? The ways of wisdom, the ways of knowledge. And where does all this begin? It begins with the fear of the Lord. So I encourage you today to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, you need to acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Well, I've got to go. I've got to run out and do some work here. Um, and, uh, to, to those of you that are watching, hi all, Liam, hi to you, um, D. Sherm, howdy from Texas. What's up, D. Sherm? <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. God bless, and we will see you next time.